Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365. This is episode number four, and my name is Tim Hardison. I am really happy to be here with you today. We are talking about how does faith work, and we're continuing from episode three. So if you missed any of the past episodes, be sure to go back and get caught up. Uh, Also, visit our website and blog at www.365.org, our YouTube and Rumble channels. Uh, So let's pray now, and we're going to jump right in. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this ability to come together, Lord, and, and discuss faith in your word. Father, we pray now that you will open our eyes that we may see open our ears that we may hear. Give us knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Grow our faith, Lord, as we hear your word and study your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Now, in episode three, we talked about the law of faith and what Jesus said in Mark 11, chapter 22 through 26. So Jesus said, one, have faith in God. Believe God is who He says He is and that He is able to do what He says He can do. Act on your faith is number two. Say it with your mouth. Speak it out loud. Number three, He said, know or do not doubt in your heart or your spirit. Number four, He said, believe in your heart and your spirit that you receive. And number five, He said, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins for faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. Now, these are laws governing faith. And in order for faith to work, as a minimum, you must be in compliance with these laws. So we left off talking about how faith works. Now, let's continue uh, on this topic, and we're going to go to Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 34, and I'm going to read from the, uh, the New King James Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was still no better. But matter of fact, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Let me interject in here. The The Greek translation says that she was saying... And the Strong's uh, Greek translation says, she kept saying, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. So now we're going to continue on. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude touching, thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. 
Now, this isn't as simple as a woman having faith in Jesus to be healed and then just being healed. This woman had a serious medical condition. Um, no, no doubt would have led to death over time. She, she, was, she was weak from constant loss of blood. This condition would have also made her unclean according to Jewish law. She would not have been allowed to go out into public like she did. Anything or anyone that she touched would also become unclean. She did not let that stop her, though. She didn't just sit in her house and pray for Jesus to come and heal her. She believed in her spirit and her heart that if she could just touch his robe, she would be healed. She said it aloud, and she kept saying, if I can just touch his robe, if I can just touch his robe. She could have sat in her house. She could have sat there and prayed that Jesus would come knock on her door so she could touch his robe. She could have sat in her chair. She could have cried and prayed over and over if she could only touch his robe. If he would only come to her. She could, have, she could have made hundreds of excuses why she couldn't go out and touch his robe. Matter of fact, she had some good ones. They could have killed her or stoned her for going out in the unclean and touching a man. And had she sat there and made those excuses and just sit in her house praying for God to heal her, she would have most likely died from her sickness. But she didn't do that. See, she acted. She followed in faith the leading of her spirit. She got up and made her way through the crowds. She seized the opportunity. She reached out and touched the edge of his robe. And by her faith, and by her acting on her faith, on the words she had spoken aloud, she was instantly healed. And we just got to say praise God to that. So let's break this down and look at what happened. Number one, she had faith in God. Number two, she believed in her heart and in her spirit. Number three, she did not doubt in her heart. Number four, she said aloud, If I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And remember the Greek translation says that she was saying this and she kept saying this. Number five, she acted on her faith and fully believing she would be healed, went out into the crowd and touched his garment. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. See, the scriptures did not specify, but we know she had to have forgiveness in her heart also in order for her faith to have worked. The scripture did say she had suffered from many doctors and had spent everything she had to pay the doctors. She could have begrudged the doctors. She could have held that against them. She no doubt had forgiven them and held no grudge or animosity in her heart. Now, how many times have you felt in your spirit that if you could only stand in faith and do this or that, you would receive your healing or, or have your need met? But then you think, I could never do that. People might think I'm crazy. And, and you come up with excuse after excuse why you can't do it. And ultimately, you fail to act on your faith. Well, the woman with the issue of blood, she, started, she could have made those excuses. She knew she could have been stoned for touching Jesus in an unclean state. Without doubt, her friends would have told her she was crazy for going out in the crowd just to touch his garment. But where her faith was, that's where her faith was. She knew that. That is what she believed in her spirit. She, she needed uh, to do, you know, she just knew deep in her spirit that I have to do this. This is what I know in my spirit that I have to do is I have to touch the hem of his garment in order for her faith to work. That's how she released her faith. 
And so she acted on that, regardless of what people thought of her. It doesn't, didn't matter to her what anybody or her friends or any of the others thought. She had to reach out and exercise her faith and touch his garment. You know, you're not alone. I would say all of us have, you know, have made excuses and missed out on many blessings and possibly healings. We felt unworthy or unable to act on our faith for one reason or another. Moses, one of the faith hall of famers listed in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, even Moses felt unworthy and unable. If we look at Exodus uh, chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, this is the New Living Translation. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've, I've never been. I... I'm, I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Go now. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Nowhere in God's Word does it say faith is easy and doesn't require work or for you to be or me to be uncomfortable. It's just the opposite. The majority of examples of great faith in the Bible require the individual to put themselves out there, to step out into an unknown territory, placing their faith fully in God. And guess what? If they hadn't have taken that leap of faith, we would not be reading about them all these thousands of years later. How many more people will we be reading about and learning about from today had they not failed to act on their faith? How many future lives can you affect if, if you simply learn to trust God and act on your faith? Now, let's not forget about Jairus. What happened to Jairus' daughter? Remember, Jesus was going with Jairus to see his daughter when the woman with the issue of blood touched his garment. So let's pick back up here. Mark chapter 5, verses 34 through 42. This is the New King James. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any farther? Now, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then when he came to the house, the ruler of the synagogue, uh, or, or to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he saw a tumult and, and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. Now, why did Jesus tell Jairus to be not afraid, only believe? See, notice it says Jesus suffered no man to follow except Peter, James, and John. He, he made everyone leave the house except the father and mother. Jesus stopped the doubt and unbelief 
from entering into Jairus' spirit. He immediately told him, do not be afraid, only believe. In other words, have faith. He then let only three of his close and trusted disciples come with him. Jesus didn't want anyone speaking unbelief to Jairus. Once at the house, they were met with unbelief. Jesus made them all leave. Then notice, Jesus did what Jairus had released his faith for uh, Jesus to do. He laid his hands upon his daughter by taking her hand. So remember back in verse 22, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and that she may live. See, Jesus exercised Jairus's faith by doing what his faith had released, is laid his hands on her. Now, so Jesus applied the spiritual laws of faith. What did he do? Number one, he told Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe, equivalent to have faith in God. Number two, Jairus believed in his heart and in his spirit. Number three, Jairus did not doubt in his heart or his spirit. Number four, Jairus acted on his faith. He went to Jesus, and he fell at his feet, and he spoke the words of faith when he said, Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. Keep in mind, Jairus was a ruler in the synagogue. He held a high position. You know, he, he could have thought, what will the other rulers think? He didn't think that. He acted on his faith. Now, number five, Jesus used Jairus' faith and did just as Jairus had said aloud, releasing his face. Jesus took her by the hand, laid there, you know, by taking there, he laid his hands upon her, and he said unto her, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Now, number six, we're not told in the Scriptures again, but we have to accept that Jairus had forgiveness in his heart. Otherwise, the laws of faith don't work. So keep in mind, these people did not have the New Testament to read and to learn from. Jesus was teaching them the principles of faith. So he said, be not afraid, only believe. Don't, don't listen to your, your senses, your eyes. Don't listen to what you're hearing these other people say. Don't listen to all these senses. No, have faith, only believe. Now you may say, but, but it's too hard. I mean, Satan, the evil one, he always attacks when I try to stand in faith. And that's true. That's true. But God has an answer for that. So Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17, King James Version. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I'm going to read this one more time in the, in the New Living Translation. A final word. 
Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be able to be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We need to grow our faith so that we comprehend God's Word as fact, regardless of what we see, hear, smell, touch, or taste. We can't pick up and choose. Either we believe and have faith in God, in Jesus and the Word of God, or we don't. See, it doesn't matter what others think or say. When Satan attacks, when you have done all you can do, just stand with the shield of faith. Comprehend that God is who He says He is and can do what He says He can do. That Jesus has died on the cross. He's defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. By Jesus' stripes, you have been healed. Jesus became the curse for you on the cross. You're no longer bound by the curses of the law or by Satan. You're a child of Almighty God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Your God is stronger and mightier, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. Know this in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit, in your mind. Let your faith grow and build up inside of you. Use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Quote God's Word. Satan's got, he has no choice. He's, he's got to flee. He's got to go. So, however, we must read and hear God's Word in order to know His Word. We can't quote what we don't know in our heart. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Remember when the word refers to your heart, is speaking about your spirit. So you read the word, you hear the word, and you must act on the word. Constantly renew your mind with the word. We have to get it down into our spirit. This is how we build the extraordinary faith that we read about in the Bible. Learning the laws of faith, hearing the Word, getting that Word deep down into our heart and to our spirit, and we master the fundamentals of faith. And we are out of time, but I hope that you'll join me in Episode 5 because we're going to begin to talk about hindrances to our faith. So I want to thank you again for joining me, and may God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and we live the faith life 365 days per year.